Hey everybody, welcome to This Good Word, episode 21. The word this week is, wait for it, success. Let's talk about that nasty little word called success. And let's talk about its cousin, perfectionism. I want to talk today about uh, my own journey with defining and redefining success. As I've said about doing my life's work, which is sharing words and creating environments for people to wake up to who they are. It's really what I do in life. That's what I've distilled it down to. And if you're going to distill something down to that, and if you're going to set about doing something in your life, you're probably going to have to define what it is that makes you successful at it or not. Uh, And whether or not you like that word, whether or not you think it's helpful, I think we all have an internal gauge that says whether or not we are successful at our thing, whatever it is that we do. And so I want to help us with defining success uh, in a good and healthy way, because we're going to do it anyway, so we might as well do it in a healthy way. I want to share some stories, uh, and I want to share an obscure teaching from the Newer Testament from Paul that might help us all to do what we love and what we're called to do with great courage and great freedom. I don't know why, but I am so pumped about this particular word, about talking about it, because I think there is such a tendency for all of us to have failure messages in our brain, and we, when we set about to do things, we have unconscious expectations about what success looks like. So uh, it is my great hope that this particular episode would give you lots and lots of freedom to go after your thing uh, and to name success in maybe a little bit of a different way. I also want to share with you some really fun stuff that's coming up for me. I'm going to be in Peoria, Illinois uh, on January 23rd and 24th visiting my dear friends Charlie and Jen. Charlie is the pastor of a great church called Imago Day in Peoria, And I'm going to be preaching there on January 24th. Uh, I'm going to be talking about beginnings and all the beautiful realities that God is creating in this world. God is endlessly generative, and therefore so are we. We're going to talk about that. But I'm also super pumped because on Saturday night, we're going to do a sort of a closed event around there's going to be great food. Charlie is like this chef, and um, he knows people that know how to make great food. It's going to be great food, great drink, and maybe 20 or so people talking together about beginnings. And so I can't, I can't, just can't wait for that. That's going to be so much fun. And then my brother-in-law Dave and I are in the midst of doing some scheming and dreaming about creating a, a wilderness experience around the book, Beginnings. And that's all I'm going to say so far because it's in the realm of dreaming and scheming But it's for a very small group of people, limited amount of people. Uh, But Dave and I are getting so excited about that. That is very fun. Uh, Also, I was just at uh, this church called Christ Presbyterian Church in Edina. Uh, I write about it in my book, this great Presbyterian church. I was with a group of women, and um, we were talking about beginnings. And I just want to say to any of you who are listening, who are part of that group, it's this group called Mom's Morning. It's so great maybe 100 women, I don't know, 150 women, 
uh, doesn't matter how many women were in the room, but uh, they, so we do this Q&A and we share, and I just see so much courage. Uh, these moms that are making it happen, some of them are working outside of the home, some of them are working inside of the home. Uh, there's all this perfectionism in all of our culture about how to be a great mom, and these women just show up with so much honesty, and it was so much fun. And so that was great. And then I was, uh, last Saturday, I was on this interview, uh, the Drew Marshall Show in Canada. Uh, apparently, it's one of Canada's biggest spiritual talk radio programs. And I'm going to post the link to my interview with Drew. It's about a 22-minute interview. It was sort of rambunctious and sprawling. And and uh, Drew is quite a character. And he gave me a run for my money. Hopefully, I survived it and didn't make a total... Uh, buffoon out of myself. But I'm going to link that on the show notes in case you want to check that out. Uh, So lastly, some new listeners, just a big shout out to the people in Haiti. There's a couple hundred people in Haiti that are listening in um, and in Egypt, Iraq, Ghana, and Taiwan. So hello, people. Welcome to This Good Word. So excited that you're part of the journey. Okay, let's dive in. What is success? And I think it really is a nasty little word. I mean, it's like this, you know, we don't really want to talk about it because does that make us too prideful if we even think about it? You know, should we just be aw shucks? And for those of you who maybe come from, you know, sort of the evangelical Christian tradition like I do, uh, are we supposed to eschew all success and say, no, you know, none of that is me. It's all God, just glory to God and all that stuff. Um, Or are we supposed to go for it, you know, when we put our heads and our hearts to something uh, are we supposed to care about whether or not it's, it succeeds? Is that spiritual? Is that totally just some egotistical desire? What is it? And I, I just, I, 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 yeah, you can tell my excitement. So I, I want to tell you from the upfront this little secret that I've discovered about success. Here's the thing. You get to decide what success is. It's really true. You get to decide what success is. You get to decide what marks success in whatever adventure it is that you're planning on going. And you get to celebrate that success when it happens, according to what you've decided. The real key is to make sure that you're really clear on what you've decided it's going to be. Because there's lots of different ways to go through uh, or to go for success in illusory ways that I think you're going to always end up being disappointed. Uh, and there's there's some really, really, really great ways to go for success uh, in ways that'll really uh, make you feel satisfied. But it's all, it really, you get to decide. So let me tell some stories. So when I was in college, I went to this sleepy little uh, college called Gustavus Adolphus College. Uh, the Gusties down in St. Peter, Minnesota. It's great Lutheran school. And my freshman year in my creative writing class, oh my dear Lord, I noticed this just beautiful young woman that was in my class. Dark hair, dark eyes. She was kind of mysterious she wasn't beautiful in that real made-up way, very earthy, natural. Her hair, it was dark, and her skin was sort of olive complexion. Uh, she didn't try real hard to be beautiful. She just was. And I mean, it was like, 
oh my gosh, I just couldn't, I mean, it was almost like I had to stop from staring at her. And so, you know, I, I, I was like, I need to ask her out. <laughs> I need to ask her out. And you know, asking someone out, I don't know, it's really weird and it's hard and you have to screw up all this courage. And so, you know, um, I would sort of make, sort of try to uh, coordinate walking out of the class at the same time as she did and make it look nonchalant, you know. And so um, I walked her across the campus a few times. I walked with her across the campus a few times. We talked, we chatted, we got to know each other. It seemed like it was going well. And so I pulled out the phone book uh, uh, at, the, at the, this was 1989, ladies and gentlemen. This is a long time ago. And the, the student directory is called the Gribbly. The Gribbly. I don't know why it was called the Gribbly, but Gusty's, can I get an amen? It's called the Gribbly. So I pulled out the Grib, looked up her phone number. There's no cell phones back then, gang. This is the wall phone with a cord on it. And I called her and I asked her out. And my heart was thumping and pounding. And she said, I remember she said, oh man, I'd love to go out. But uh, during that weekend that I asked her to go out, um, I, I have to go to my grandma's house in the cities, in the Twin Cities. Uh, we were about an hour away from the Twin Cities. And so, uh, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. Thanks for asking. Okay. So, I mean, literally, so how I interpreted that was basically, so you're saying there's a chance. She said, I'd love to go out with you, but I can't. So a couple days later, I called her back and I said, oh, man, I totally understand. You know, you're going to your grandma's house. Uh, but there's this concert that's happening. It's like a Tuesday night. I remember uh, the Sun Dogs, this local band was playing called the Sun Dogs. Man, I haven't, haven't thought about them for 25 years. Uh, it was like 9 p.m. They're playing in uh, at Gustavus. They had this cool student kind of hangout section called the Dive. And it was this old swimming pool that was uh, drained of water and it turned into this kind of this dance club. So they're playing at the at the uh, at at the dive. The Sun Dogs were. So I said, "Hey, would you like to go to the Sun Dogs?" And there was this pause on the line. And she said, "Thanks for asking me out. The truth is, I'm just not interested." <laughs> the truth is, I'm just not interested in going out with you and she just dropped that truth bomb she did it really nicely i mean it was really nice but oh the rejection you know oh the failure i remember feeling so lame and uh like my quest to date this beautiful woman utterly failed and it had i mean it, i mean i wasn't gonna go out. i didn't never did go out with her um you know i think we sort of i mean it's not like not like we were enemies but we didn't even really ever talk after that again and we would bump into each other a few times but it always became kind of awkward and uh so but here's the deal oh here's the deal you get to succeed now you get to decide what success is now as an 18 year old i i wasn't really all that hip to this understanding but I think, you guys, success is an 18-year-old boy who used to stutter, screwing up the courage to ask the beautiful woman out. That, my friends, is success. And, you know, getting the no the first time, 
going back again. I mean, that is success. I was courageous. I made the phone call. I kept living after that. Uh, so that's success. And um, oh my gosh, there's just so many ways that you can play that out. Like, what are the things in your life that you feel like you had to screw the courage up to do? Maybe it was a new job. Maybe it was interviewing for something. Maybe it was asking someone out. Maybe it was uh, signing up for online dating. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's uh, writing a book. Maybe it's uh, creating some art. Maybe it's uh, just getting up in the morning and making your kids breakfast without totally losing it. What if you redefine success at as simply having the courage to follow your desire? What if that was your definition? And then come what may. Maybe it, it's maybe the girl says yes. Maybe the kids don't fight. Maybe the piece of art wins the first prize. Maybe your book gets on the bestseller list. But what if, what if you could honestly define success as following your desire? I had a desire to go out with this woman. She said no. Woo! Success. I asked her. I didn't just wait in the shadows and wonder. No regrets there. Uh, I am from Minnesota, and last Sunday we had a very tough day as a state. Our beloved Minnesota Vikings were poised to beat the Seattle Seahawks. We were winning nine to nothing. And then the Vikings curse happened. I mean, this has happened so many times in our history. We've never won a Super Bowl. We always seem to choke at the last moment in the big game. Uh, and we, we were winning nine zip and then we fell behind, uh, 10 to nine, but then we had a chance to win. And, uh, Blair Walsh, great field goal kicker, 25 year old kid, uh, lines up for this chip shot and misses it, pulls it wide left. Now, of course the Vikings nation gets online and, and screams bloody murder. Like their kids have just been, uh, destroyed and kidnapped and I get it. I mean, I was bummed out. I'm a Vikings fan. But here's the deal, Blair Walsh. Uh, you're not going to ever listen to this podcast, but if you do, man, you are a success. You kicked three field goals that game and made them. You made it through whatever it is that you had to go through, workouts and, and uh, you know, trying out for different teams and maybe uh, all the early mornings, all the late nights, all the fitness to make the NFL, um, I think you made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, did you? I can't remember. You are a success because you followed your desire into the NFL. Man, you're going to hit some field goals. You're going to miss some field goals. You hit a lot of game-winning field goals this year for us. You, you were a major part of how we won 11 games. Success for you is not boiled down to one stupid kick and one play. Uh, the game doesn't boil down to one play. Man, there were penalties and fumbles and all kinds of stuff in that game. So success for you, my friend, isn't one kick. Can I get an amen? I mean, I feel like I just want to... Someone that knows Blair Walsh, could you send him this podcast, please? Because I think it's a pretty dark day in, or pretty dark week in his life. And I just want to say, man, you are a success, Blair Walsh. You're following your desire. 
Uh, and you know, I've put out this book, Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life. Putting out a book, is it was following my desire. I wanted to put this message out there that God is endlessly creative and he's a, God is a verb. So, so are we. And creative, beautiful beginnings can erupt out of just abysmal endings, chaotic craziness. Uh, the world is not going to hell in a handbasket. The world is being redeemed, being renewed, being restored, being reconciled, and we can be part of that. And so I have this great passion uh, to share those words and to create environments where people can wake up to who they actually are in the world, to what their new beginnings are. And so I've put it out there, and it's out there in the world. And um, man, I just, like I saw, I had my first sighting in a bookstore, and there it was, staring at me face out at Barnes & Noble in Ridgedale. Gosh, it was so fun. And But here's the thing, right? Um, I'm tempted to define success as it getting on bestseller lists, or it being a certain Amazon ranking, or it getting a number of five-star reviews. And let me tell you, that temptation is real. Like before I put out the book, I would read people, read authors, and they would say, man, I, I, you know, I just read this Amazon review and it just took me out for a day. And I remember thinking, why would you read the reviews? I mean, that's so dumb. Like why, just don't read them. And then you realize like you are, you are, I read these reviews and people read these reviews because in some way we're defining success as how it gets reviewed. And there is some reality to that, right? I mean, if it's not reviewed by anyone, uh, and if it just gets ones, then okay, maybe nice try. You know, maybe you followed your desire. And uh, so there is some reality to that. I mean, I don't want to like set up this reality where it's just where um, numbers and lists don't matter. I think they do matter. What I'm saying is that I'm learning early on that. Um, if I am only, if, if I am defining success as beginnings getting on the New York Times bestseller list or as, you know, really important people in my life, uh, I, I mean, not, okay, let me rephrase that because see, I just slipped. I said really important people in my life and I was about to say tweeting about it or Facebooking about it, but what I really meant was really famous people that I admire, like maybe Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle Melton or... Uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert or uh, Eugene Peterson. I don't know. Who else? Uh, you know, if they write about it, if they review it, if they tweet about it, then it's successful. But the reality is those people who I respect and admire because of their work, they're actually not important people in my life. I've never had them over for dinner. I've never had a long conversation with them on the phone about how it is that, you know, I struggle with this or that. They're important people in the world. They're not important people in my life. And that distinction is so important because I think when it comes to putting your work out there in the world in a public way, you can get really tied up in success being um, uh, these important, um, famous others getting behind your work. And I have fallen prey to that. I've gotten excited, and you should get excited. I mean, there have been a few people that have uh, said things about my book, and I, yeah, and that's great. Get excited about it. But I also have to say that's not the mark of success for me. Here's what is success for me. I followed my desire, I put it out there, and I'm starting to meet people, real people who are becoming important people in my life, people that I didn't know before, people that I feel like I'm in it together with now. 
um, Erin Lane, this friend, this is person that's become a friend. I interviewed her on the podcast a few weeks ago, episode 18, God. It's so beautiful and expansive. You have to listen to it. We talked about the genderfulness of God. Um, she's become a friend, and she just is like this um, sister from a different mister, as uh, others have said. She, we're in it together. We think in a similar way um, about God and about writing, and it's fun. Another guy, Matt Bays, he's coming out with a book called Finding God in the Ruins. And let me tell you, this book is coming out in March. I'm going to plug it. I'm going to hopefully interview Matt on the podcast uh, right around the release. Uh, I'm going to champion this book. It is so good, Finding God in the Ruins. Uh, he has a just a just a raw and beautiful story that he's telling in this book, and and Matt and I now we you know we talk back and forth. I have a friend Nate Pyle. He wrote a book called Man Enough, and we've been getting to know each other. We've been going back and forth about the crazy journey of publishing a book and sort of the letdown that actually comes that you are expecting you know again like Bono to call you or something, or you're expecting fanfare, and it really like after you release a book, I mean, there's kind of this eerie silence. Um, I mean, people talk about it, and but you, you realize that you are expecting something. You're expecting something to happen, and when it doesn't happen, you 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 realize there's kind of this huge letdown, and you realize, oh, I was defining success as making a bestseller list, and and you think that that's crazy, you know, you think that that's ridiculous, but on some level, um, if you, I think you have the courage and the stamina to go all the way and and write a book, there's at least part of you that wants that to be on the New York Times bestseller list, just because there's a little ego in you and you want to be recognized. Um, maybe that's not true for everyone. I think that's more true for a lot of us than we like to admit. Um, it's this woman in San Francisco named Emily who's starting this online book club, and she's giving away seven books of beginnings that I've signed. And she's talking to me about how she used to live in the suburbs, then she moved into the city. Now she's back in the suburbs and how God has this beautiful, is writing this beautiful story in her life around the suburbs. And is that real? And and I love it. I love talking to Emily about that. And then these two women, Janet and Lisa, they live in uh, Indiana and they're a part of this church, St. Andrew United Methodist Church. And they're starting uh, like a small group study and they just launched, um, they just um, promoted it in this last week. I did this video for them. They showed it at church. And I got this Facebook message back saying like 20 people are interested in it. And I just got so excited about that. That's real. I mean, that's something that's really happening. People are going to be gathered together with God and with each other, talking about the book and talking about new beginnings in their life. Um, that's creating environments where people wake up to who they actually are because of my word. That is one of the hopes I have about following my desire. Um, I was I was with um, one of my friends the other day, and he pulled me aside with tears in his eyes. He goes, Steve, I want you to know um, we sent this book to a person of ours that was really struggling, and we didn't know how bad this person was struggling, but actually, um, so we sent the book to them, and they wrote us back, and they said, thank you so much for this book. Um, I actually have been suicidal. And this book is part of what's bringing me out of that. And I mean, I just like, I, I get chills even talking about that. Is that because I'm so important? No. Is that because, you know, I, I'm, I'm the best ever? No. But it's part of, because I followed my desire and, and it's helping people. And I can celebrate that without going like, oh, I'm all egotistical or something like that. We can celebrate that. 
I've gotten other uh, texts and phone calls from people that said, hey, I gave, I gave your book to some of my friends that are completely unchurched. They're totally disenfranchised from God. And they're saying they can't put it down. They love it. It's helping them see God in a brand new way. I mean, that, you guys, that is so awesome, right? I mean, we just have to celebrate that. Um, is it because I'm perfect or great? No. And is it, is, is it because I made the New York Times bestseller list? No, I haven't. Um, but following me, following my desire, which is how I'm defining success, I put it out there, I followed my desire, come what may, uh, is turning into something beautiful. And so, oh gosh, what is success for you? You get to decide. There's, this, there's these two verses from the New Testament, the newer covenant in the Bible, comes from 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul is the writer, and he's planted all these churches. He's, he used to be a Pharisee that, uh, that persecuted Christians. Now he's a follower of Jesus. He spent a lot of his time in prison. He's writing from prison. It's the end of his life. He's about to be killed, actually, and he ends up being killed, being martyred. And I wonder, some of those dark, cold nights where he's shivering and he's in prison, which is basically just a hole in the ground, and he gets fed if friends come and feed him. I mean, that's the reality. Uh, Sometimes he's in house arrest, but sometimes he's really in a hole in the ground. And he defines success this way. And he writes about it right in the Bible, 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 7. He writes, as for me, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And that's an allusion to the sacrifice. When priests would would do a sacrifice, they would pour out wine onto hot rocks, and it would like it would be poured out, and then it would like disappear in mist, and there'd be the smell. It was part of the ritual uh, when something was about to be sacrificed. So he's saying, "I'm about to be sacrificed. I'm being poured out as a drink offering, and my time of departure has come. I'm about to die." And then he says, "This I have fought the good fight." I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the, finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul didn't say, hey man, you know, I've written these letters that are going to turn into the world's bestseller. They're going to turn into the canon, the scripture, the word of God. I've written all these letters that are going to go around the world and be read by countless millions of people, generation after generation. He didn't say... I've planted all these churches. He didn't say I've mentored all these people. He didn't say I've discipled all these people. He simply said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He knew what his fight was. He knew what his journey was, his race. And he kept the faith. He kept believing in the right things. So my question is, as you're going to define your own success, is what's your fight? The Greek word for fight here is Agon, it means arena, struggle, or contest. Like, what's your struggle? What's your contest? What what arena are you climbing into and saying, this is the arena that I want to fight in. This is the arena that I want to spill blood in. There's lots of arenas. There's lots of things to spill blood for. Not all of them are yours. But once you've found yours, what would it be like to get to the end of your life and say, no, I've really fought the good fight. And I knew what my struggle was. I knew what my arena was. And I gave it my all. We think about the Theodore Roosevelt quote that's been quoted so many times, most recently in Brene Brown's great work, Daring Greatly. 
when uh, she quotes Theodore Roosevelt in saying, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of good deeds could have done them better. No, the credit belongs to the man, and we can say woman too, who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, I love that, who comes short again and again, I love that, fails, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Can I get an amen? Know your fight, know your race. Dromos is the Greek word. It means course or journey. What's your journey? And you, you have the courage to run your journey. Uh, what's your fight? What's your journey? And keeping the faith, this Greek word for keep is tereo. It means to attend carefully, to keep or to observe. Like, do you have a rule of life? Do you have one in whom you are placing your trust? Uh, and are you faithful to that one? Um, you know, for a lot of us, it's Jesus, the Christ, this person who lived and died and who creates new beginnings and who um, constantly and consistently fought for the underdog. Uh, who is your, who are you keeping your faith in? <clears throat> so success, what is success? You get to decide. You get to focus on your own fight. You get to run your own race. You get to tend to your own faith. And I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, that's success. So go do with courageous uh, adventure your fight, your journey, your faith. Don't worry if you fail. You will fail. You're going to fall again and again. The girl's going to say no. The book's not going to sell. The movie's not going to get made. The art's not going to go up on the walls. The relationship's not going to get better. I don't know what it is, but you get to decide that following your desire um, when it's rooted in your faith and your race and your fight is success. Man, I'd love to hear your journey about that. If you want to take the time to Facebook me or tweet me, all that information is going to be on my show notes. I'd love to hear it. And last word, man, you got to know this, you guys. It's a cliche, but haters are going to hate. <laughs> they are. Uh, there are some people who just are not going to be able to get on board with your success. It's going to bring up all kinds of triggers for them about the ways in which they haven't um, gone after their desire. And they're going to send you. I get them. Oh, gosh, I get them. I just got one recently. That's okay. You know what? That's okay. Haters are going to hate. Uh, it's going to sting. It's going to hurt. And that's because you're a human being and you're sensitive and it hurts. Sooner or later, you're going to realize I'm not creating work for the critic. I'm creating work for the person who wants new beginnings and who wants to wake up to who they are. That's who I'm working for. So I'm so glad you guys are all in it together with me. Doing this podcast has been so fun. Pretty soon, I'm going to have some guests on the show here in the next few weeks, and I'm very excited about it, so stay tuned for that. What's been blowing my mind, and this is going to be on the show notes, this woman named Lynn Hybels, I write about her in my book, 
But she's just this amazing woman that just quietly goes around the world fighting for justice. Her most recent travels have taken her to the Middle East, where she's made some connections with some Jordanian churches that are really helping Syrian refugees. I'm going to put a link to her blog, where she puts a bunch of links toward trusted organizations that you can partner with, you can give money to, and other things, um, if you want to get serious about the refugee crisis. Uh, I'm just dipping my toe in the water, but man, I, I'm personally doing something. I'm showing up for refugees. I'm doing something about it. We're donating some, donating some money from um, my book release party. We sold a bunch of books, and we're donating some of that money to these refugees. This church that's on the ground working for it. Uh, our our church, Genesis Covenant Church, uh, is donating money to this church who's on the ground helping. That's what we know how to do now. And let me tell you, the Syrian refugee crisis, the refugee crisis, it's a big deal, and maybe you're overwhelmed by it, but Lynn is making it real easy to get involved and do something. So I want to encourage you to get on her site and give. Okay, get in there. You don't have to fly to to Iraq. You don't have to fly to Syria. You don't have to fly to Jordan uh, to get involved. You can do it right from where you are. So that's blowing my mind. Thanks, Lynn. You're the best. You're the bomb. Um, just so grateful for you. Okay, gang, that is it for episode 21. It's been a journey. It's been great. Um, And uh, I can't wait to get this out there and hear what you're doing in your own life. So grace and peace. Remember, we are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and we're holy and we are in it together.